Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into the show today. Before we get started, I am asking for donations to keep my show free of ads and interruptions and provide the best quality information out there. There is a link in the description below. And again, thank you so much for supporting my podcast and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Metaphysical Mentor Podcast with Michael Philpott, providing you inspiration, information, knowledge, and motivation to help you on your soul's path. Covering topics related to health and happiness from the mystical to the metaphysical and everything in between. Making the unknown known. Now let's join the podcast to discover today's topic. And we are recording. Hello, Ivan. How are you, my friend? Very well. How are you doing, Michael? I'm doing fantastic. So I'm kind of pumped. I'm really excited about this topic. I know I've been getting a lot of requests uh, about this particular topic because a lot of people are familiar with tarot cards. They're familiar with the ruins, but they don't have a, a lot of background knowledge and especially myself. I mean, I've had tarot card readings done before okay, and it, it always surprises me how freaky, I mean, amazingly accurate these cards can be. And especially if the practitioner is uh, amazing too as well. So that being said, what is tarot cards? Some people have a misperception of tarot cards as being a fortune telling, like like a crystal ball. And I've always used, uh, I forget, I get forget who mentioned it back in the in the sixties or fifties. And that there, he says a crystal ball is a window into the future, and tarot cards is looking into a mirror back at yourself. Ooh, I it's, like that. Yeah, in tarot cards, it's it the way I see it, it gives you a different perspective of what you're thinking towards um, a problem or a question that you have. And it's almost like getting good advice from a, from a best friend, uh, seeing things in a different way that you, a different perspective, a different, a different point of view that you haven't thought of before. And tarot cards, whether you're doing a reading for yourself or you're doing a reading for someone else, it gives these suggestions and these hints. Look, if you continue on this path, what you're doing, it'll lead to this. If you want, if you want to see things change, then you're going to have to work on doing A, B or A, B and C to get to that point. Tarot cards gives you the work to do. People expect um, good luck and fortune and stuff to fall in their lap. And that's not the case. You have to do the work for it. And that's what tarot cards is, is about. So what's the difference between Oracle cards and tarot cards? Is the there really I, a difference? The way I, Oracle cards, I noticed that Oracle cards tend to give a keyword right on the card, like, like a meaning and keyword right away. Um, where tarot cards, I find there's there's multiple def meanings and definitions for cards, not. But also, what I learned from Christine too is oracle cards. I mean, she reads them intuitively. Uh, same thing could be done for tarot cards as well too. So any anything can come to your mind when you're reading the oracle cards or reading intuitively. But, I mean. I know tarot follows a traditional sense. There's traditional guidelines and groups like the different suits in tarot applying to 
the different elements like fire, water, and earth, uh, you know, feelings, uh, logical thinking, um, material, material things and creativity. Uh, Oracle card seems to be what you see on the card. That's the message for you right away. And a lot of people, I, I see another misconception online that a lot of people think that Oracle cards are all just warm and fuzzy messages, but you could get a warning from them as well too. Uh, sometimes a shadow message as well. Um, with tarot, you get them both also as well. And that there you get warnings and you get positive messages that help push you along on your way. So that's that's my notion. I could I could be wrong, but that's how I see the difference between oracle and tarot cards. That tarot cards have more traditional boundary and guidelines to fall in within uh, compared to oracle cards. Okay. So that being said, with the oracle cards, I mean, sorry, the um, tarot cards, they have like cups and wands and things like that. Yeah. Maybe can you just break that down and just describe to people what that kind of like you say, like the guidelines of what those specific cards mean and the other cards too as well. Because when I, somebody says, oh, you get the five of pentacles. Okay, so what does that mean? Or you get the six of wands or you get the, you know, uh, the swords, whatever. Uh, maybe you can just, you know, give us a little information on that. A tarot, in a tarot deck, you have <clears throat> a minor arcana and major arcana. Arcana is a, it means secrets. And the minor arcana cards are cards that represent daily events, uh, things that happen on your daily routine. It could be people that you come in contact with that you don't, almost like secondary characters as well too, um, that don't seem like they make an impact on your daily life, but they do in some way. They're woven in the fabric of what you do on a daily basis. The major arcana are major events that happen in your lifetime. And that so within the minor arcana, you have the four classes. You have the cups, which stands for an element is water, which is emotions and feelings. You have swords, which represents air, which is logic, thinking, and decision. You have wands, which is the element of fire, which is creativity uh, and your passion. And you have pentacles, which is earth, which is a grounding energy, which is material possession or finances as well, too. Okay. And apart from the, those four classes within the Mariana Arcana, you have what they call a court cards, which is your king, queen, knight, and page, uh, which most of the time represents actual figures or, or archetypes that you come across with uh, in on your day in your daily routine or in your lifetime. Okay. So let's break those down. So, okay. So the King, a queen, you said a knight and a page, is that correct? Yes. Okay. So let's break down. Let's start with the King there. So who would, the, who would, who would represent what archetype would represent the King in your daily events? The we'll King represents, the King represents control. Okay. So anybody controlling it. it could be, I mean, back in the traditional sense, they saw the king as something in controlling more as like like a father kind of controlling matter. But in these days, it could be it could be anyone, really. Uh, it could be someone who's. It could be a leader. It could be a political leader. It could be a teacher. It could be a boss. You okay. know, just just somebody who asserts control and is comfortable with their status. 
Okay. And then depending on the, whether it's a cup or a pentacle, that would be affecting that particular thing. So uh, yes. So if it was like the king of cups, it would be uh, somebody who's controlling emotions. Would that, yeah, would that make control, sense? He's in control of his emotions. And yeah, he's, he's, you're exactly right. It's each, each core card represents a certain uh, characteristic to those elements, to, to, those, to those factors. Where the queen, the queen is somebody who's, who listen. Uh, she consoles people as well too, and she'll give her advice and she'll hear your story and she'll give you her thoughts as well too. So she's somebody who's receptive, but also will give, will, 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 will uh, reciprocate it back with with what she thinks concerning that topic or subject matter. Okay, so she is kind of like that real mother energy towards the in that card exactly okay. yes okay then we have what the knight is the next one the knight is somebody who takes control uh the knight is somebody the knight represents action and sometimes that action is not to the best effects say for example the knight of swords is somebody who will take action and who's focused on on, on a goal uh and not there but there might be a bit of bridge burning along the way he doesn't care if he cuts ties or if he hurts anybody along the way, as long as he reaches his goal. So the knight, the knight of swords is a little bit dangerous. Okay. Whereas the opposite, you would have the knight of pentacles, who's somebody who's pragmatic and likes to take his time. Um, another clue and trick within the tarot cards, the traditional ones, is each knight is on a horse. Each knight, except for the knight of pentacles, is on a workhorse, you know, a slower, a slower horse. A horse that represents work, putting the time, sowing the seeds, like I said, being pragmatic and just taking your time and waiting for a slow success. So the knight represents action and action representing whatever suit of cards um, he's in. Okay. That's, you know, this is, I'm so glad you're on because, you know, all the times that my friends have done readings for me and I've done cards and stuff like that. And they just, okay, you got this card, this card, but now it's starting to make sense now. So now, now I can say, okay, that's what that means. You know, that's what, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's so fascinating. So now we got the page. So let's talk about the page. What, what's the page represent? Page is a young person. He's fresh. Life has just started for him. He wants to absorb as much as he could, as, as much information. So you would be looking more of a, a persona, personification of a student, uh, somebody, somebody who's, you know, somebody who's, who's just learning and just wants to take in as much information as possible going on around them. Okay. Yeah. That makes total sense there. Now, how many of the major arcanas is it arcana? How, how do you pronounce that? Arcana? Is that correct? Arcana. Okay. Yes. So we have, those are major events that happen. So when those are drawn in the deck, well, those, those, are those, are, those are the court cards that we just described and the court cards is part of the minor arcana. Okay. So yeah. now we have major ones too, right? And those are yes. the major events that happen in our life. Yes. Those are many... the ones when they, when they show up in a reading that you have to pay attention to. Okay. So those are, those are the, really the main things. Cause those are kind of the overall theme of what's happening with what's happening in your life right now. And again, does that represent past, present and future, or is it just mainly what's happening or was happening in the past? It's, it depends how they're laid out in a spread. If you're using a, a three card spread, like a past, present, and future, where that major arcana card lies, yes, that's what it's going to represent. It could have been 
something tragic or, or a major life changing event that happened in the past that speaks, that explains where you're at now. Um, it, could it could represent personally what you're going now. If you're going through a major life changing um, situation and in the future, something to watch out or look for um, if it does fall in the, in, the, in the future card position in the spread. Okay. So let's talk about spreads for a second, because there's so many variations of spreads. Um, I've seen, like I've seen three card. I, I think I've seen it's called the Celtic cross. Yes. If I'm Celtic not mistaken. Um, and I can't remember the other ones, but there were just there again, there's multitudes of different ones. Um, which ones, okay. Maybe just kind of, okay. So we did the kind of the three card one, like the past, present, future. What does the Celtic cross look at and maybe describe what the Celtic cross is for those who are listening. I love doing the Celtic cross one. That was the second spread that I learned. And, um, it's the one that I offer in my 60 minute service. That's the one because the Celtic cross spread, it's a 10 card spread. And it, it's, it, it's very well detailed. It offers a lot more um, perspective into, into the clearance question. And there's also, in, in the Celtic cross spread, it also, there's also some positions on the spread that represent what's going on in your conscious, what you think you see and what you desire. And my favorite is the, the card down below, which is what's going on in your subconscious, what's pushing you to ask that question or pushing you to think a certain way that you don't you don't realize why you're asking that question it's like the root the subconscious root of why you're where you're at where you're at presently or why you're asking that question in the first place and the celtic cross spread also includes external influences what's influencing you where you're at now um there's another card that represents how, how you are to society and the people around you. And then it also represents your primary goal, what you think your goal is, and the end result. After you go through the Celtic cross spread and you move on up to the tower, that, that's the main goal. This is the main decision that's going to happen. If you stay on that path, if you don't make any changes, this is going to lead to this. Okay. Yeah, I mean that's that's very profound. It's fairly detailed too, as well. It's it's a little more detailed than the like just a three card spread. And it is, uh, and it's more it's and it's more of a traditional spread in uh, European cultures. Okay, so with the um, with the spread and stuff like that, when you're when you're doing the cards now, uh, right now because of COVID and things like that, we've had you've been doing it mainly online. So how do you, is it basically, are you tapping into somebody else's subconscious mind when you're basically dealing the deck? How does that work? Because I know, you know, with tarot cards, it's a bit of a divination. Or when somebody's in person, do you, does the person select the cards? How does that work for you? What's your process? The way that I do it is when the person asks the question, I then ask them permission, could I connect with, 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 with your higher energy or your, or your, or, or, or your spirit energy. Do I have permission to tap into your energy for this card reading? And then when they say yes, then we go on with the card spread. I'll shuffle the cards. I'll divide the cards in three piles. And I like to always have the querent participate and have them believe that they're part of the reading that they're choosing the cards. So when I have the cards laid out, I'll usually ask them, do you want the left, middle or right pile? And whatever they choose that, that 
we'll go on top of the whole pile. Then I'll, if it, a three card reading, I'll draw the first three cards off that top into a past, present and future uh, spread situation. And then later on, when we do the reading, I'll draw the card from the bottom of the deck, the exact bottom of the deck, and that'll be the shadow card, which could represent, like I explained before about the Celtic cross, it could be something subconsciously going on in their mind on why they asked that question, or it could be a blockage as well too, something to look out for. And that's, so that's, that's how I, I, I do the reading, but online, at first I was, I was skeptical of doing the card readings online, but when I started doing the live events on Facebook and other social media platforms, it did connect with people. So that's what convinced me that doing them online still instead of in person, there is a connection and, 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 and the messages do resonate with the person asking the question. Yeah, it, it's really profound. I know it's it's changed my my ability to read too as well, because most of my uh, readings I've done is basically uh, in person. And, and it was really easy. When I made the transition, I, again, I was kind of like skeptical. I mean, because I'm so used to being tuning into somebody sitting in front of me and their energy. It just It's just so much easier. But then again, it's just just connecting in a different way. So when I did my readings, I thought, okay, it's just it's just another way of it tapping into that person's energy and asking permission to, like you said, once they open up, and then it's it's no really much different than if you're there in person, too yeah. as well. Okay, with tarot cards, um, there's been a lot of uh, controversy about tarot cards in the past too as well, and again, it's more like really ancient history. But do you find people still have a little? little fear around tarot cards when people say, Oh, I'm a tarot reader. They kind of go, they kind of pull back a bit. I'm actually surprised that when I like my day job, sometimes my customers will find out that I do tarot readings and they seem to be more intrigued about it and surprised, but in a positive way um, about tarot cards. And it's, you can see on social media too. It's, it's the accepted norm. Every everybody's everybody's doing the tarot cards. Um, yes, there is that stigma attached to it from the past, especially if you're looking at traditional tarot decks like the Rider Waite deck, where there's a lot of doom and gloom. I mean, you gotta keep in mind too that tarot, when tarot started in mid 14th century, you had the bubonic plague, the Black Plague, going on. So a lot of that reflected in the imagery and the beliefs of the cards and with the church trying to put a stop to it and putting a ban on tarot cards it's that dark that dark imagery and that, and that stigma carried on for so long and i think it, it became more more acceptable when when the new age uh new like the, the new age came in like in the late 70s into the 80s especially back in the 60s the bit also too it just became more acceptable within certain groups. And um, it's, I mean, with tarot cards, you have ancient, you have a lot of biblical references and symbols, a lot of, a lot of biblical uh, symbols on the cards. You have angels, you know, you have, you have all kinds of stuff going on in the cards. It's not all doom and gloom. Um, even for example, a death card, everyone's not everyone, but the perception of death card, people think means you're going to die. You got got the Grim Reaper, you know, with a sickle mat there, and, there, and you got some of these traditional cards. You see some heads rolling on the ground, and that. But the death card just strictly means transformation, change is going to happen. It's going to be an end of a certain chapter, something going on in your life, and the beginning of something new, moving on. So 
you have once you start learning the meanings of the cards, you'll see a different a different focus, a different uh, light on these cards. Um, the devil card, another one that people are afraid of when they see the devil card, it's it's talking about your vices, losing control to negative habits, negative routines in your life. Whether it's uh, it could be alcohol, it, it it could be smoking, it could be could be too much, it could be eating too much ice cream. You know, it could be, it's something, it's, it's, it's a car that's telling you, you sh- to break those chains and get that control back. And that's, so I think if people take the time and understand the meanings of the cards and not just take it as face value, the images, they'll, they'll see that there's a lot more that tarot could offer and how it could really help you out, help you, help you find, find yourself to figure yourself out and to help others as well too. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on is to have, actually educate people on this. Cause uh, you know, um, I mean, in my circle, it's kind of the norm, <clears throat> but you know, a lot of people are, are new to my podcast and they're just looking at their spirituality and they're looking for different things that they can expand on. And they always have that curiosity, but sometimes they don't has, always have the right information available to them and to really explain them. Okay, so the death card, it's not mean that you're gonna die. It, like, yeah. I mean, it's basically means that, okay, there's a change. It's a death of the old, st- all the old self or something, you know, is changing, which is a really, it could be a profound, amazing things that you don't, you kind of want change. You don't want to be stuck in the old crap. And then the same thing, like you're saying, the devil card, like we all have vices, you know, I drink a little too much coffee some days, you know, I used to, <laughs> I used to have a few too many beers and things like that. Um, you know, binge watch some TV, you know, a lot of different things that we do, but, you know, knowing that and understanding okay, that's, that's not what it really means. Like, okay, the devil means, yeah, we all have that little devil in us. That's just part of, uh, that's just part of being human. So it doesn't mean like the actual devil is around you. I like to use too, when I'm doing my, my weekly um, card of the week posts and, and, or talking about the card, I like to refer to the death card as the changing of seasons from fall into winter. And then the renewal will be spring once again. There's always that, that, that we that wheel that that wheel of life that annual wheel that's just keeps you know what dies comes back new again and it's just the same cycle over and over um uh, that's that's the lightest way i can use to explain stuff like a death card and any, any card representing transformation now are, are there certain patterns that you're kind of seeing right now with just the way the times the crazy times that we live in right now, we had this, we had COVID, we had all this craziness and all this energy is shifting and humanity's consciousness is shifting. Are you finding similar patterns and themes throughout your readings with the cards? You know, it seems to be consistent that's coming through. What I've noticed when I've been doing my weekly collective messages or, or the uh, card of the weeks, I've been getting a lot. I don't know if, if it's the universe of the cards trying to tell me something or if it's something they want me to let people know is um, a lot of um, just take, taking charge and being in control again and taking, taking time, taking advantage of the moment now. Now's the time to create your own voice and stand out amongst everybody else. To create your own power and magic was the message I had last week in my video. And I've been seeing a lot of those messages of taking your own if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's, you know, it's so valuable. I mean, I know a lot of people were concerned about, um, 
what's been happening right now. Um, I know I've, I've lost my job. I've been out of work for the longest time. And um, this really, again, there was like a death of the old, all my old stuff, all my old work, everything just kind of fell away. And it was, I basically had to make a choice. It's like, okay, do I want to kind of get out of this spiritual closet, the psychic closet and finally embrace who I am and take charge and, you know, create some magic and like create this podcast. This podcast was just, it was a lot of it was, I mean, part of it was created uh, out of uh, just the necessity to keep me busy, but also too, to, I realized um, it could really help change a lot of people. And I've been getting a lot of messages from people all over the world now, like, just thank you for having this person on. Like I listened to your podcast and okay, I've, I've started changing my diet. I've started, you know, healing my wounds and, and there's taking that. I, I just find that it's just so empowering for people. And I, I really appreciate that work that you do too, as well. And providing those messages. Thank you. Yeah. So another thing that you do too, as well is ruins. Now, for my understanding, every time I think of ruins, I think of some like movie character, some witch <clears throat> with some bones, throwing it on the ground and saying, okay, the bones are saying this, but it's a little bit advanced more than you know, somebody throwing bones on the ground, right? It is. Yeah. So maybe can you just talk about what is ruins? And again, just like we did with tarot cards, maybe explain what ruins are and, and how you incorporate the ruins because you're doing ruins and the cards together too, as well. So you're getting like a double dose. Yeah. I, because I've noticed when I, like when I got into tarot and I started joining certain tarot groups and on social media, everyone's doing tarot. And the best thing about tarot is misconception is anybody who wants to take up tarot or study tarot, don't take in everything at once. Just focus on tarot. There's a lot of people that think like, okay, I got to do tarot. I got to study astrology. I got to study crystals. I got to study the, the, the lunar phases. No, that's all bunk. Focus on one thing at a time. I don't do crystals and I don't do uh, astrology. And I appreciate my friends who do do that. And I respect that. It's just not my thing. It's not my focus. Maybe later on, I'll get into it. I'll, I'll, st I'll study that stuff. But for now, I start strictly with tarot, getting the definitions and the meanings. And while I was studying tarot, um, runes popped up. And that piqued my curiosity as well, too. Also, what piqued my curiosity is in a way of combining runes and tarot together in a reading that I don't see many people doing online. Like I mentioned before, a lot of people are astrology and tarot and, and, and astrology, tarot and crystals and whatnot. And that's not me. I want, I want to be the black sheep and stick, st stand away from it. That's where the rebel part of Rebel Star Tarot comes from. I always done things my way and that. So getting to runes is interesting because the first thing I noticed about the meanings of runes is you could have three to six different tarot card meanings in one rune. The, oh, wow. the meaning, yeah, the definition and the meaning of a rune and what the rune's about is so vast that I started, I started to journal. I got into runes last summer and I couldn't find any online courses at the time to get into, to learn more about runes or this or certification that what I've done is <clears throat> I bought a, a bag of runes it came with the guidebook. I learned the, the, the initial definitions of it. And I started journaling. I woke up early in the morning and I would pick one rune from the bag and I would meditate with that rune. I also started meditating at, at that same time. And it took a while to learn how to meditate properly. 
and I would meditate on that rune and imagine the image of the rune in my mind while meditating. And then I would journal it down. I would, it would be like a rune of the day. And then at the end of the day, I would write down anything that happened during the day that is in relation to the meaning of that rune. So I slowly try to incorporate the, 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 the runes and learning the runes very slowly daily with, with, with daily practice with the meditation. I'm getting more resource books and I created a, a manual on the side of all the different definitions of the runes from the different books all on one page for that rune. And I tried to find the common, I would circle the common definitions for, for each rune. <clears throat> but runes is not just a symbol. It's an alphabet. It's a belief. It's, 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 it's connected with the universe. It's a communication between the rune caster and the divine, the gods. It's communication between you and the higher self, the gods back and forth. And it's not just, it's not just a symbol to put on jewelry. It's not, it's, it's just not like you have to know what you're dealing with um, to the extreme. If you, when you're dealing with rune magic, combining certain runes together could bring bad luck or could give bad luck to somebody and combining other certain runes together in rune magic could be um, like a good luck charm. And runes also too, <clears throat> besides talking about it being an alphabet, a symbol, um, cosmo cosmology definition in that it's also, you can use it as a talisman. If, you, if, if you're carrying a rune with you, like I always carry one in my pocket every day. Um, if you want, if you're planning on going on a vacation or traveling or whatever, there's a certain rune that you carry to wish you good luck on your voyage. If you're about to do a meeting or a speech, like I drew the rune, uh, Ansu's is the rune of communication knowledge. I have that in my pocket right now for this, for this podcast, just so I don't stumble on my words. And I'll show you right here. Okay, fantastic. That's Ansu's right there. That's communication and knowledge. Wow. It's also good for studying as well. So gain the runes, once I got into it, I realized this is a lot more, it's vast compared to the tarot studies I, I was doing and I'm still doing. Like I always tell people, I'm always a student. I'm, I'm always learning and absorbing. So runes, it's, it's huge. It's, it's also, it has that religious connective kind of energy too, where you have to believe what you study. You have to believe it's not just a matter of drawing a rune with a card and that's it, you're done. You, you have to like really, really take it in and adapt it to your daily life. Oh, you yeah. have so, to live it. So yeah. it's a more, it's like a practice. It's, it's like a, it's an encompassing practice that you do too as well. Exactly. So, so with the ruins, okay. So with the tarot cards, there's a certain amount of cards. Or is there a certain number of ruins within the, I guess, the, yes. the collection? The first rune alphabet is referred to as the Elder Futhark. Now, Futhark represents the first six letters of the alphabet. F, which is Fehu, U for Urus, TH combined together for Tursaz, A Francis, which is the symbol I showed you. R for Rado, 
and K for Kanaz. So those first six letters represents the alphabet, the Elder Futhark, and there's 24 runes in that alphabet. Okay. Later on in time, um, different societies changed around some of the letters and they eliminated some of the letters. So the Elder Futhark became the Younger Futhark, which is 16 rune letters. And then when um, that culture, when the Vikings came to, to England and stuff like that, you have the Anglo-Saxon alphabet, it changed into that, which involves 32 runes. So the number count went back up again and that, but the runes that you see in, pic in pictures and are still carved on runestones in uh, Scandinavian countries is the Elder Futhark system. That's the original Old Norse uh, language and reference. Yeah, I was just going to ask you that question, like where was the origination of ruins? But uh, obviously it seems very Nordic and very Viking in in its origin, stuff like that. And when you were talking about that, I could just I could just feel that, that energy around that. It's just like I'm waiting for Thor and Mjolnir and everybody else to show up, you know? It's, uh, yeah. it's, it's quite amazing stuff. Now with your process, okay, so you got your deck, you got your ruins, right? In your process, when you're sitting with somebody, you talked a little bit about how you, you know, you pick the cards and working with that. Now, at the same time, are you picking up the ruins at the same time with the cards and just kind of letting your own subconscious kind of play with it and communicate with theirs and picking up the, uh, what I'll do. The ruin I'll, and yeah. I'll, I'll pick a card first and then I'll draw a rune. And I've been, this, this has only been recently I've been practicing and blending the two together. So, so far I've been doing one card, one rune. And um, we're rune casting. I'm already practicing when I'm doing runes by itself. Rune casting, I'm using three runes, and I'm using them. What I like about the, the the bridge between tarot and runes is you could use the same card spreads and replace the cards with runes. It's the same thing with runes. You could have a past, present, and future as well too. Um, that's one way of, with rune with rune casting. You could use spreads, or you could throw. You, you cast the runes onto a cloth and you intuitively pick, I, I keep my eyes closed or you can use a pendulum and I pick three from the pile that, that are laid out before me. And those are my three runes I'm gonna work with. Um, but when I'm combining tarot with rune cards, like I mentioned, I'll draw one tarot card, one rune, and then I'll collectively find a message or a connection with both of them. I'm starting to read them intuitively now and see, hey, what are these two different factors? What are they giving me? And that's how I come up with my collective messages for my weekly videos or for my um, card of the week posts I do every Sunday. Okay. So do you find that either sometimes you get it, do you ever get conflicting things where you have one card saying one thing, you have a rune saying another thing, and it's kind of like, it almost kind of cancels out? Or yeah. And then do you also have a time where maybe the cards are overshadowing the rune or the rune message is overshadowing or overpowering, I should say, the tarot? That's a good question because I don't read tarot cards in reverse. A lot of people like to read their tarot cards in, in, in reverse that. I've decided that intuitively or it'll come to me if, if I'm reading the cards, the cards face up in the right direction. If one's not agreeing with the other, then I'm seeing that more as a reverse card. So 
I apply that with the rune and the tarot card. If the rune and the tarot card are both, if there's a, if there's something conflicting intuitively, I'll choose which one will be the reverse meaning and not all runes have a reverse meaning. So, and in the other way around, when I have two cards that are completely positive, I mean, a card and a rune, they're positive. Like they're both talking about the same message. That's a double confirmation right there that that is, that message is met for you for this week or for that day. Okay. So let's just talk about reverse meanings. I know you mentioned that. So if somebody's listening to this and they're kind of going, what is he talking about reverse meanings? Reverse reversal cards. Some people like to shuffle, shuffle their cards and have cards in reverse reversal meanings is it could go both ways. It could be the opposite meaning the opposite of what the regular card would say. So say if the card says, Hey, luck is coming your way and that card is reversed. No bad luck and bad fortune is coming your way. Just be careful in certain suits, like the suit of swords, the suit of swords, I find have a lot more of an, of a negative vibe, whether they're reversed or not. So if you have a, a card in the suit of swords, that already has a negative meaning and that's reversed that could double negative impact the meaning of that card. And that, does that make sense? Yeah, it, it does. Yeah. I, I, you know, I just want a little bit of clarification for people who are listening. Um, because a lot of people who listen to the podcast don't always understand what tarot is. And that's kind of why I wanted to have you on and really explain the, the understanding of all the different terminology. So when somebody says, Oh, I went to this tarot card guy and I had to reverse this and I had to reverse this and a lot of uh, cups and wands were showing up. And so it just gives them a little basic idea so they can have actually conversations with people. And like you say, become more mainstream. So it's like, yeah. Oh, I went to go see Ivan. Yeah. I went to, had a reading with Ivan and it was great. And, and uh, that's what it really is about too, is, is helping people get that information. So with reverse meetings now, there's also a thing too, as well. I, I again, I, I don't want to talk about like negative, but how do you discern to have a right reader? Because with, like you were saying, like, you know, if somebody says they got bad luck, that you have possibly a bad luck, right? Again, that's that fear, right? And it's that fear that could be instilled in somebody, right? And they can get trapped in that. And unfortunately, I, in through my own past experiences, and in, for people who I've read for, there's a lot of people who are not the most scrupulous type of people. And then we'll use these forms of divination, things like that, to kind of manipulate them into certain actions that is not necessarily beneficial for them. How does one kind of discern who's a good reader? There's a lot of readers out there. Um, con artist kind of readers and fortune tellers that would like to instill fear and panic into the customer and thinking, hey, for this much more money, I'll remove this curse or whatever's going on with tarot. It's not like that with tarot. I mean, I read the cards, honestly, how I see the cards. I'm just a tarot card reader. Like I explained before, I don't draw from astrology. I don't draw from any other source in that there. When I'm reading tarot cards, I'm reading them as they are, um, whether it's a face value or sometimes it's, a, it's an intuitive message I'm getting through. Um, if something negative does come up in a reading, um, you have to be diplomatic about it and you have to, and, you know, you have to show compassion and say that, Hey, this card is saying this, and you always want to offer the reader a positive solution or a way, a different way of thinking to get away from that. You don't want, you don't want your, your, your customer or client walking away thinking, Hey, I, I, 
I'm feeling crappier than before now after that reading or you want you want them to walk away with with some positivity or or a focus on how to make things better um you have to be a life coach in a way also too and, and when you're doing these card readings and that's why i try and convey my collective messages also too um in my weekly posts that if there is something negative, I always try and find an, an alternate solution and leave that message on, on, a, on a high note. And also it's a code of conduct. I mean, I'm part of um, an accredited group called the International Practitioners of Holistic Medicine out of the UK. So there's certain protocols and things I have to follow. Um, one thing is I will not do, I will not mention in the readings about death. I don't do medical or health readings. I'm not, I mean, you know, see a doctor, see a professional if it's a health thing and that there, I'm not gonna give you any health advice or any false health advice. And I don't do third party readings, which we call tarot spine. I will not let you know if your sister's third cousin's boyfriend is cheating on the mailman and that, you know, it's, I don't do that. When I do a reading, it's for you, straight for you specifically and that's it so i hope i answered your question michael yeah you did and i really appreciate that because it just emphasized everything that i do too as well um and it's funny like this so many times have i you know hey i got this question i'm just wondering if uh if somebody's cheating on me and it's like oh my god <laughs> I, I i cringe at those things so maybe we should have a, like a, maybe we should do a podcast on, on the things not to ask during a reading well that's and another those, thing too yeah i mean It'll cause in, in people that come in, they have to, you have to help them formulate their question because tarot, yeah, if you want a yes or no answer, flip a coin. Uh, if you're coming in for a tarot session, be prepared to ask a question that's going to put work on yourself that you have to do the homework. Don't, I mean, don't ask, when am I going to win a lottery or when, am I, or, you know, like how, you know, like, um, when, when am I going to meet the man of my life in that there? You want to ask questions of how, you know, like, you know, how can I, how could I advance my job? How can I um, further my site? It's, it's questions where you're, it sounds like you're open and you're ready to do the work yourself, which not a lot of people realize or understand. So sometimes when these people come in with questions and they have to ask questions that's not, to open, it's close, it's specific to a certain thing. You wanna help them open it up more. So the message you get from them, it's well-perceived. Yeah, and I think that's really important. And again, that's part of the work too as well is, is helping people educate with better questions. And I, I've seen the trend change over the years. You know, so once I first started doing readings, it was all basically, what do you think about this guy? Should I date this guy? Should I do this? You know, what about my finances? What about my job? And it's a little bit more deeper meanings. And, you know, I, I love those people who are willing to look at themselves and, and to go deep into to either work on themselves and better themselves as a human being. And, and that's part of the collective, you're working on yourself. So I, I absolutely love that. And uh, I commend you for doing that too, as well, because it's really important when you're doing this work that you want to give, you know, positivity and uplifting messages, but you also want to give people that sense of empowerment. And yes. that, it, that in itself is so profound. Um, I, I always kind of proud my, I pride myself on that ability when somebody leaves a reading that they feel empowered. They don't, okay, 
you know, sure, maybe they got some information that they weren't ready for, but it empowers them to make the changes. Now it's right there. They can see it and they can make that empowerment change and, you know, giving them the ability to make those lifestyle changes to get them to that future that they've always really wanted. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so, so fascinating. Um, so I know you were talking about the ruins and stuff like that. Nothing online. Are you actually going to start creating your own online, uh, teaching online class for uh, ruins? That's interesting because I originally what was going to get into doing before I got into the ruins, I was looking into doing, you know, the basic tarot courses, uh, the intro to tarot, but, but that seems to be during COVID it's popped out of the woodwork everywhere. Everyone's offering that. And with me having problems finding a room, intro to room course and stuff, I was lucky enough to find one. Uh, how did I find that? Through Facebook somehow, this lady, Diane, down in, um, in uh, Connecticut, she was doing an intro, an intro uh, class. It was three weeks, you know, like one night, of an hour and a half night out of a school. It was like a night school kind of thing. So I took that course. It was very interesting. And then I was able, I'm currently finishing off my um, rune divination certification that I'm doing on the, on the website Cent uh, Center of Excellence. They have a lot of good online courses in that too. I'm close to the end of that one. That was a 150 hour course. Oh, wow. Alone. So yeah, I started that a few months ago and um, I definitely would lean more towards doing something for runes because there's not a lot of it out there. At least just the basics, just, just the basic info is a lot. It's a, it's a lot to take in. So I, I would see myself doing that first before doing any tarot one. I like, I'm really curious to see once COVID is done and people go back to doing what they were doing before. I'm curious to see how many social media profiles drop off. Um, how many people are going to stop doing daily tarot spreads and posts and stuff like that. And, and because during the past past year, it's it's gone up like crazy. Now you understand why I try to do something different and take the left-hand path and trying to incorporate runes with tarot and stand out a bit um, from the norm of what everybody else is doing. Yeah. And once again, I have respect for people who do talk about crystals and do do the astrology stuff and that. And it's it's just it's just not my thing, but I'm not gonna bash it just because it's not my thing, you know. Yeah. Exactly. Right. You got to, you got to choose your own path and stuff like that. Now I just got a question since you developed or started, you know, doing, um, with the work with tarot in the room and stuff like that, has it changed you musically at all? Have you noticed that, you know, music has changed? Has it grown? Has it, has you got a passion back, a fire back with it? Is there, is there a creativity or something different with your music now? With my, well, I stopped doing music. Once I started tarot was the end of me playing music. And that there, I think I picked up the guitar twice since April of 2019. That's when I, when I, that's when I got into the tarot stuff. Um, but speaking about me, yeah, I mean, with me doing the runes, I got into more of the, um, the Nordic traditional um, music that helps me study. That helps me do my rune casting and that. Um, it also brought back me listening to heavy music again. I used to listen to a lot of death metal in the, in the 90s. I played in a death metal band. I was one of the first oh, really? in high school. And it's got me into checking out all, all the bands, not just from back in the day, but current bands that are playing the traditional uh, Swedish death metal sounds. Um, 
Jeez, it, it seems that, so synchronistic that you chose ruins or ruins chose you just because of all that history. <laughs> yeah. And also not just music, but <clears throat> getting into tarot and getting into ruins, my lifestyle has changed too. Not only has it uh, helped me open up with like the horse blinders are off. Basically I'm able, I'm able to see things more clearly. I'm able to appreciate more when I go out on walks with my wife um, na like nature um, appreciating the small things in life. I become, I've taken more of a minimalistic approach too with, with my life. So I've thrown out a lot of things that no longer serve me. Uh, I drink my coffee black now. I drink, I only have like my coffee on the weekends. I used to have coffee like every day, you know, with, with almond milk and that there. So my, my, my taste buds have changed. Same thing with tea. I drink tea straight. I don't, I mean, I grew up with a, a British grandfather. So I, I've I always had milk in my tea. And so I drink those straight. I hardly, like, I, I think I had my first beer last weekend at my in-laws and I haven't had beer in a year. Oh, wow. I used to be big on the microbrewery beers and all the local independent beers. And I haven't touched that in a long time. And I don't have a desire to go for those things. And so a lot of things in my life has changed. Um, I feel a lot more, I don't know, it's because of, of the meditations I've been doing since last summer when I was taking up runes. Meditation has helped me feel a lot more grounded and I feel a lot more abundance and mental prosperity. And um, I've been purchasing less too. I used to buy vinyl records online like crazy during my music. When I was in a band, I would always buy vinyl online and stuff, but I've been saving money. I've been, and I'm happy with it. It's, I, it's different. It's more of a stripped down minimalistic approach from what I'm doing. And just want, and I just have that desire to want to absorb more knowledge and more studies and courses online and make myself better and create new services in ways that I can help my clients as well too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can definitely, you know, uh, me being myself being intuitive, I can definitely see that change in you. And that was some of the reasons why I asked that question is like, I could see it so profound in you. Like it's really, you really work it. You, you don't, you don't bullshit talk about it. You actually work it. You actually work. Your, you know, this is your life. This is what you, it's what it meant to you. And all the changes that have happened too, as well. You can see that your energy has changed. Like everything about you has changed too as well. And it comes across in your readings and how you approach life too as well. So I really commend you on that too as well. And Thank you. And that's part of this whole journey for all of us, you know, for people who are listening, you know, you're finding that one thing that it's amazing what could really change, you know, just small little things and all of a sudden it, like profound things. Tarot also gave me a better understanding of myself, um, whether it's, I wouldn't call them inner demons, but. I used to hold grudges for a long time. Um, I got rid of any revengeful kind of tendencies and just feeling, having no feelings against people that I felt slighted me in the, in the, in the, in the wrongest way. And in bridge brain, I've learned to let go of a lot of things, thanks to tarot uh, and become a better person. And, and, you know, a better friend, a better coworker and a, and a better husband. Um, and that's what I'm glad I got that out of tarot and I wasn't expecting it at all. And it's not like I'm drinking some cult Kool-Aid or something like that. If people think that I'm just, if I'm, if that's the state I'm in, it's not, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly grounded. 
I have a day job. I mean, I, t- I took it, I took a day off my day job to do this podcast and that, um, but it's, it's, I just feel happy. I have no complaints. I think that would be the final tagline would be, I have no complaints and no worries. Yeah. That's, and that's beautiful. I, and I appreciate that too. And I, hopefully the listeners understand that too, as well, that, uh, you know, getting a reading done and finding your thing. And for you, it was tarot cards. And um, I just find it so fascinating. And I know my listeners are going to find this fascinating too, because I know they've been bugging me. So finally, even though it's not going to be right now, you're not going to see this until a little later on, uh, everybody. Uh, but um, yeah, that being said, Ivan, if people are looking for a tarot card and ruin reading, where can they find you on the World Wide Web? Um, my official website, rebelstartarot.com. And in my, um, in my book, on the booking section of my site, there's, there's um, an e-reading section. So if you want a tarot and rune reading, I, can, I do it um, via email. You send me your question uh, and I create a PDF file. I create a PDF file where you see a picture of the actual tarot and rune card and a breakdown of, of what message came through that reading. So it's an e-reading basically. I think yeah, you call them e-readings and that's what I do. Um, pretty soon I wanna wait until I finish my rune course to offer a full rune reading on Zoom chat. Otherwise my tarot readings that I do online is Zoom. I offer 30 minute and 60 minute tarot card readings, which you could all find and book on my site, rebelstartarot.com. And also I'm on Instagram and Facebook at rebelstartarot. Beautiful. Now, uh, we'll just maybe just give a little shout out to the wife too as well, because I know she does readings too. So maybe we'll just throw her in there too. That's true. You just remind me, another service that we offer, me and my wife, Christine, she has her Oracle card service called Wisdom Within the Winds. And we offer a special exclusive service that we started doing for free twice on Facebook. And we were surprised how well her, card, her Oracle card messages and my tarot card messages work together uh, collectively for the person asking the question. So we have a service called the Hermit and the High Priestess, which you'll find on my service page also too on rebelstartarot.com. The Hermit and the High Priestess is you get both of us on a Zoom chat for 45 minutes. So that's two perspectives, different perspectives to, to, your, to your question asked. I do tarot, she does oracle card readings and it's a very, it's a very special experience that we offer. Yeah, it, it sounds so profound. I just, I love the name. That was just, you know, the, the hermit and the high priestess. Yeah, it's just, that's fantastic. And uh, that being said, brother, we're out of time here. I'm just going to close off the show. Thank you, Michael. Thank you very much for having me on your podcast. No, well, thank you for being on there. And thanks. Uh, thank you for, uh, you know, describing tarot and ruins. And I hope people contact you, get a nice reading for you or your wife too, as well, or together. And uh, that being said, everybody, I'm just going to close off the podcast here. This has been the Metaphysical Mentor Podcast with Michael Philpott. Thank you so much for joining me and goodbye for now.